0: Hello and welcome back to The W. I am your host, Lucas. Uh, This is going to be a solo episode. This is my second solo episode of The W. And I'm still finding my feet, I think, and comfortability with recording a solo podcast. You might have also heard on the Deep 2 Podcast Network, Sean Carroll with the Quick Time Out. And I feel like he's really gotten a knack of it, so hopefully I can can channel my inner Sean Carroll and... um, Make this the greatest podcast you've ever listened to in your life. So for the first time, I think actually ever in my podcasting experience, which started in October of 2020, that's over three years ago now, I actually know the, the title of this episode uh, ahead of time, like before I've started recording, which is which is pretty cool. Um, and it is Trends Setting in the WNBL. Uh, so yeah, I feel like through four rounds, most teams have played five games. I've got, I've got, you know, I've come prepared. I've got notes. Not only do I have notes, uh, all teams have played five games. I've got the ladder open, team stats open and league leaders open. So this is like the, this is that, yeah. Channeling my inner Sean Carroll. Um, I feel like solo it's, I feel like usually we like have like a funny story. Oh yeah, no, I actually do have a funny story. Um, it's not that funny. It's just more of me being a fool. Uh, Sunday rolled around. I got my WNBL uh, media accreditation. Shout out to WNBL. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. I um, <clears throat> the games I can get to are the games at the Boombox. I was away uh, when Melbourne versus Bendigo at the Boombox, but I was uh, in Melbourne for the game on Sunday where Melbourne versus the Capitals of Canberra. Um, and, you know, two o'clock rolled around I was like, oh, perfect. I mean, I'm going to get to the game with plenty of time. I don't really know what the workflow is going to be like at a, at a game. But if I give myself, usually I, I like to get to a game an hour early and just like mess around, get everything in order, see some, see the players warm up, see tip off. That's like, um, that's, an, uh, that's a non-negotiable for me. If I'm covering a game, I have to see the tip off in the first few minutes, like laptop down, no one talked to me, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, got to, I mean, like you probably got your, anyone that's listening to this, well, most people that are listening to this will probably know where this is going, but I got to the boombox box at two thirty, half an hour before the game. And I was like, uh, I, I went inside to, um, uh, the, the sports center, Melbourne sports centers in Parkville. And there was a sweet old man, and he was like, "Hey, how you going?" And I was like, "I'm going good, man. How are you?" And he was like, "Yeah, good. What are you here? Like, what are you here for?" And I was like, "Oh, the WMBL." And the guy was like, "Sorry." And I was like, "the The basketball." And he was like, "Hmm." And I was like, "Like the main court?" And he was like, "Oh, yes, stadiums. Courts one and two. Go, go through there." And I was like, "Great, thanks, man." And then I went to the court, and not a basketball in sight. The seats were packed away, and I was like, "That's funny. The game's in half an hour." How they, you know, this this turnaround is going to have to be like ridiculously quick. And then I was like, let me just double check the games here. And of course I checked Instagram, the game has been played in Gippsland. So I, I felt like, I felt like a fool and I was like, oh man, they must have rescheduled the game. Absolutely. They did not reschedule the game. WNBL released a, an updated fixture. I want to say before round one or before, between rounds one and two. And yeah, this was not one of the amended games. This game was always going to be in Gippsland. So shout out to me. And shout out to, um, you know, being prepared, being informed, uh, being on top of things. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty awesome by me. Um, but this, you know, the first four ep- uh, minutes have been about me. The the remaining X amount of minutes will not be about me. The remaining X amount of minutes will be about the um, four of the WNBL teams. I feel like... Southside, Melbourne, and Townsville are all fine. I feel like if trends were to be setting for these teams, they'd probably be pretty happy about that. Um, And I also think that Sydney still just need time and health and time to generate some continuity. Um, I'd say the only note I have for the Flames of Sydney would be that it doesn't feel like they've really put together 40 purposeful minutes, Um, but I think that that's something that'll be ironed out over time uh, yeah, gaining familiarity, um, and health mainly, uh, and stuff like that. But I really think Sydney will be fine, and I think most people listening will agree with that. South side, I mean, they're probably. I, I feel like maybe the only cause for concern is that they they're peaking too early. But like a team with you know the experience of Bet Cole, Lauren Jackson, bringing in Mercedes Russell who's just been like incredible and then led by Matty Um, I get a feeling pacing themselves. They're going to be good at pacing themselves. And I feel like maybe I'm, I'm, uh, I'm reaching there a little bit to try and find something to complain about Melbourne. Um, I think Melbourne's still far from their best basketball and their five and zero. and I feel like through the first five games, Jordan Canada has been electric um, and they, they haven't really it hasn't really even been about basketball for them yet. it's just been about winning and they found a way to win every game and yeah Christy Wallace like Christy Wallace still hasn't come back. So yeah I think I think Melbourne is is satiating the winning side of things and I think the basketball's only going to get better which is crazy to say for a team that's five and0. And then Townsville like the premiers last year, They might be better this year. I might be crazy in saying that, Um, but they look completely fine offensively and defensively. They dictate every move of every game. So, yeah, I would say those four teams, in terms of trend setting and, you know, ironing out any issues, I feel like these four teams are fine. And it's the other four teams that um, maybe, maybe need to make some amendments to the way they're operating. So left we have the UC Capitals, who have already mentioned, the uh, Adelaide Lightning, the Perth Lynx, and the Bendigo Spirit. And I'm going to start with the Capitals because they're the most interesting one for me. I feel like they play extremely nice basketball. And they're led by... I hate to use the word superstar. Oh, sorry, I don't hate to. I hesitate to use the word superstar with uh, any basketball league because it's, it's hard to say that someone's a superstar. Like, you're, you're really putting them on the top tier of the league. But I think Jade Melbourne's a superstar. Um, and it just is, it isn't translating to wins. I feel like the game against Melbourne was the best example of this. They had an eight-point lead with four and a half minutes left after a Monica Ricoya three. But, um, yeah, when it came time to win, uh, the Boomers, especially behind Jordan Canada in this one, found a way. Um, the Caps went to the line, um, went 0 for 2, and then I think the next possession down the court uh, for the capital for the Capitals, Monica Ricoya kind of got lured into an uh, an illegal screen on uh, you know who guessed it but Jordan Canada again. And then the next um, next time down the court for the Boomers, they they made their two free throws, and the game was tied at sixty nine like two minutes after the Caps had an eight point advantage. Um, and yeah, with two minutes left in the game, you're coming up against Melbourne, especially this UC capitals team coming up against Melbourne. I mean, Melbourne's going to win that 99 times out of a hundred. Uh, yeah. Jay did her best to Willow team to win, especially down the end. Um, she kind of just put a bucket getting hat on and she got buckets? Um, but yeah, once it went to OT, the momentum had shifted and it was maintained by the boomers. Um, So I really feel like we saw the best and the worst of the Capitals in this game. Uh, And, yeah, playing good basketball is great, but winning seems to be a different thing. And this is going to sound so basic and so simple, but I I really think the Capitals just need to win a game and see what momentum can be generated from that. They're playing great basketball. They're playing nice, like, smooth offense. Alex Sharpe's been incredible on on the glass. Jade Melbourne, as I said, is a superstar. Okoya, although a streaky shooter, just like can back, uh, put, put together, uh, piece together a few threes back to back to back, and that's a massive advantage on the scoreboard. Um, yeah, and I've really enjoyed watching them play every single game. They play with a great pace. They really seem to be playing their own game, and they're, they're forming an identity. I just think they need to get a win to see they can win. Um, yeah, get the monkey off their back. Um, because if it like this basketball doesn't really need to scale up that much more, I don't actually think it needs to scale up at all. Yeah. It is just like gritting out a win at the end of a game or doing the work early and being able to semi coast in the last quarter, just so they can finish the game with a win. Um, because they're really, they're really like, they're doing great things for basketball for viewers. And they have some, of if not the best fans, yeah, some of the best fans in the league. So, yeah, it's it's hard to like pinpoint one thing for the Capitals. Maybe fouls. Maybe they can cut back on their fouls. Maybe they can be a bit more disciplined defensively. But I feel like coming up against more experienced teams, you're you're going to be the team that fouls more, and you're gonna get lured into those. Yeah, those Monica Ricoya, um, or whoever whoever it may be on any given possession, illegal screens. Uh, I feel like. Um, Their game against Southside, I can remember a few times Mercedes Russell just getting like being wide open under the paint. uh, Oh, sorry, in the paint and just getting fouled because you want to send him to the line and not give up the easy two. Moving on to Perth. uh, If you listen to the most recent W episode with Marco, I really liked the way they've played uh, all season long. Uh, They seem to retain their identity throughout a game. They get great looks. They really they play for each other. They play with energy. They can junk up the game and find clarity in the junk. Uh, in round four, however, after a three and zero start, they went zero and two. They did play against the two grand finalists from last season in round four, uh, going up against Southside first. And man, it was a ninety four ninety two loss. Uh, after being up for most of the game and yeah that bet Cole three which ended up being the game in a four south four south side uh was just yeah on great ball movement picking the picking apart the d um and i feel like the gap in experience was on full display in in this game um that mercedes russell steal at the end of the game where she left emily potter to uh make a you know pretty athletic play for a big, especially, uh, and go and yeah, uh, intercept the pass going from the top of the key to the corner. Um, which then led to the next offensive possession, which now I'm pretty sure Perth was in a zone in on this possession, but yeah, Leilani Mitchell on the right wing passes it to LJ who's on the, who's in the mid block on the right side, even like up a bit higher. Um, Kind of like, yeah, up near the elbow. And then she just turns and, like, throws a pass from the left. Sorry, they were on – nope, they were on the right side of the court. Yeah, to get the ball in that position and then throw a cross-diagonal angled pass to the right wing, um, which then made way for the pass into the corner for Beck Cole. And, you know, you give a 40% shooter a wide-open shot and especially someone like Beck Cole who's, like, good shooter – intersects also uh someone that makes timely plays and makes makes big shots. If you give someone who blends those two things in her game that opportunity, you're gonna lose. Or at least that basket is one hundred percent going in. And it went in. <clears throat> uh so yeah, I just feel like Southside's players are a little more dynamic, which feels like it it came from familiarity by exposure to different situations. And, you know, that might be the fanciest way someone's ever described experience. But, yeah, Russell leaving, Potter to get the steal, LJ making that move. These, like, calculated risks led directly to the win. They both happened in the last 40 seconds, at least the last 50 seconds. Uh, So, yeah, this is something I feel like it'll be worked out over time for the Lynx, mainly through chemistry. They still played a terrific game and we're obviously looking at this um, or I'm looking at this through the lens of the le- the links. But Southside were also playing at the same time, trying to win the same game. And they're, you know, one of the best teams in the league. Um, so, yeah, Perth played well, had the scoreboard until the last 20 odd seconds against last year's grand finalists, gave themselves the best shot to win the game. It's just that experience. Uh, And then, yeah, three days later, they come up against the other grand finalists and champions, the Townsville Fire. Uh, Perth played really, really well in the first half, Um, especially behind Amy Atwell's 21, uh, yeah, her 21, which didn't really feel – it didn't feel random. It felt very repeatable. It felt dependable, maybe not to the the length of – you can guarantee 21 points a half from her, but you can guarantee – if you give her those quality looks, which seemed very doable for the Lynx over the space of uh, a game, a half, then yeah, she'll she'll be um she'll be a steady uh, a steady bucket uh, and yeah, add another wrinkle to the offense. Um, and Townsville went to a press. I'm pretty sure late in the first quarter, maybe it was the second, but it took Perth out of their rhythm and got the game back on Townsville's terms and Perth had the scoreboard throughout this entire process but everything was being dictated by the fire and yeah going into the half the scoreboard was tight but and, and Perth were playing free and getting pretty good looks but it was just everything was being done under under Townsville's kind of Townsville was overseeing everything they were taken, they were they were in control of the game um and then the third quarter, they just ran away with it. And yeah, got the did the work in the third quarter and just um, kept that buffer in the fourth, which is really, it seems, no matter what basketball league you're what you're following in the world, it seems like that's really hard to do. Like keep the scoreboard, not get complacent and just stay steady and keep the scoreboard where it is. Never letting it get too close. Um, and just, yeah, keeping, keeping like constant pressure on the other team and then also having that, like that poise of like, we are winning this game. Uh, so yeah, that was, it was very impressive from Townsville's side, but you know, Townsville impress. Um, area McDonald had zero points up until a layup with three and a half left in the game, cutting the lead to 16. But yeah, the game was completely over at this point. Um, And I think it's it's quite an achievement by the fire, keeping Aerie McDonald 2-0 up until, yeah, the game was pretty much over. Uh, Coming into the game, she averaged 24 points a game, and to finish this one with four, that's incredible. But I don't feel as though... I actually think this is kind of a promising thing for the Lynx because her not having an impact on the scoreboard wasn't really... I feel the main issue for the Lynx during the game. Like her and Melee combined for three of twenty two shooting. And, you know I'm not I'm not blowing any minds here, but if that if that's better, if that's closer to fifty percent, maybe that's nine of twenty two shooting or eight of twenty two shooting. That gives Perth a better chance to win. Uh but points didn't really seem to be an issue on the night. I feel like Goodchild was really good, really dependable. Atwell was really good. Potter was incredible. Uh, Clinch Hoycard was really consistent. Um, I have I've really liked her early season with the Lynx. Uh, she, yeah, she plays a very crucial role off the bench, and she fits with heaps of different permutations of the starters. Um, and those those players are crucial uh, uh, come the finals especially. Um, just those, yeah, malleable players that can do a little bit of everything. Um but McDonald and Maley had a great impact on the game other than the scoring. And I feel like not just their misses, but the links misses on the night was a result of like great fire D and that leading to a tough or a late clock or no rhythm shot for Perth. And the leaders on the links were the ones taking these shots. So I don't know. There's something kind of commendable about McDonald and Maley being like, all right, our team needs to get up a shot. It's going to be me. Um, so moving forward I feel like I feel like Perth are in good hands and I feel like their 2 year plan is one of the more promising in the league um, but I feel like in terms of yeah moving forward sticking to a game plan dictating tempo and experience won uh, the fire this game And for the first time this season, I feel like there were stretches of the game where the Lynx looked like they were taken out of their game. And I just feel like um, seeing the contrast between where the Lynx are and where the Flyer and the Flyers are uh, were challenges in round four. And uh, sorry, were challenges in round four for Perth. And I'm excited to see how they use those challenges and those experiences to um, look ahead to Melbourne on Sunday. This time it actually is at the boombox. Um, I think that's going to be an incredible game. You have this like young team that's been playing great basketball coming off of two pretty devastating losses. And then you have Melbourne who are undefeated. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of contrast in tempo and experience. Uh, and I think it's just going to make for an incredible game. The NBA moves so quickly these days, it's hard to keep up. Shams and worries are breaking stories left and right, but the Quick Time Out is right there with them to keep you informed on the latest NBA news. Stop in and let us break it down as it happens. Find the Quick Time Out on the Deep 2 Podcast Network. The Lightning of Adelaide are uh, another team I'm pretty hopeful for. I feel like they're playing really solid basketball and Steph Talbot's return will be... A pretty necessary injection for uh, a well-drilled unit. I still think there are some depth issue with depth issues with this team, and and also experience uh, and oh, n- <clears throat> not really chemistry, but potentially chemistry in the current roles that the that the players have. And I feel like when Steph Talbot comes comes back in, there's 35 minutes a night at the two and the three, potentially even the four. But her ability to play in multiple positions and the trickle-down effect of that will be massive for this team. Um, and it'll turn what has been an extremely fun team to watch into an even more fun team to watch. Um, aside from just the way Isabel Borlase has been playing with the fire uh, the fire with the lightning uh she's a really promising player for the next 20 years of Australian basketball so yeah her, her her defensively she's been so good this season and offensively she's she looks like she looks like she looks like she's been a, a professional like bucket getter for like 8 years it feels like she's like in her mid to late 20s with uh, first of all, the versatility in her scoring game, but then also the consistency and the the confidence she she plays with. Like she really isn't afraid to miss in, and I mean that in the best way possible. Um, and she has the stature of someone that can lead the league in scoring like year on year on year on year. And you blend that with a player like Brianna Turner, and good things are gonna happen. Yeah, Turner's been just elite as a playmaker in the top of the key, who uh, worked defensively and on the glass. She's just been like the ultimate teammate, and she sets up everyone with passes and screens. Um, so it's nice to see how this uh, team is developing as a unit, and hopefully with more time they can get some continuity and, of course, the return of Steph Talbot. But they really, they really give themselves a chance to win every game and you do that enough times you play enough good basketball you stay true to your game plan and kind of to like man i'm going to i'm going to sound like an asshole here but like staying true to like what makes basketball great and like to the essence of basketball i feel like that then rewards you because they man they they don't cheat the game they do everything the right way they compete um and yeah if you do that enough times you, you end up beating a team like Southside and you do not beat Southside by accident. They are one of the best teams in the league. Um, yeah, you, you don't do that by accident. You, you, you have to play a great basketball game to... Man, Perth played an incredible basketball game against Southside and they lost by two. So to win against Southside, you, you have to you have to do the same stuff. you got to kind of get them... As much as you can get such an experienced team out of their rhythm... Uh, and you have to be, be playing the game on your terms for, you know, a, a good chunk of it, a majority of the game. Um, so, yeah, I think th- they are giving themselves the best chance to win every single week, and it, it'll reward them sporadically. Um, I just feel as though they need some continuity, and, and yeah, and they, 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 they should be good with time. And, I mean, for the third and final time, the... Uh, <sighs> what what do you call it? the return of Steph Talbot will, will also help now finally the Bendigo spirit um, I feel like their best was on display in the first quarter against Melbourne and this is a game they ended up losing but uh, Kelsey Griffin looked really comfortable and she was firing Ruth Davis just mashed anyone that was shorter than her um, and Ali Wilson was kind of just like watching the game and doing the most subtle job of leading and filling any hole that needed to be filling. She finished a layup, hit both of her free throws, got a couple assists, a couple rebounds, a steal. Um, and it was really the best case scenario for Alex Wilson as a Swiss Army knife. Uh, and yeah, they, they, they got out to a 30-16 to 16 lead at the end of the first quarter. Um, but it felt like coming into the second quarter, after the break, they kind of... They kind of realized that they were up by so so much, and it, it wasn't so much as they were they got complacent. I feel like they just didn't know what to do with the lead, uh, and you know also they were coming up against Melbourne, and Melbourne do know what to do in a situation where they're down fourteen points at the end of the first quarter. But I feel like if you can bottle up that first quarter, that and I I think that was their best. That 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 um that comes that matches up against every team like. It, you can play good D, you can you can play good O, but if you're coming up against another team playing like Bendigo played that first quarter, you, you don't really have a good chance to win. Uh, so hopefully they can get a bit more consistency with that moving forward because, man, the league is great. Like, as this episode goes on, there's not really a team that I think is playing bad basketball. Uh, and every game has just been so much fun to watch. Um but yeah, I, I feel like I feel like hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Bendigo can start putting together longer stretches of good basketball. Like you know, like if if they if they kept that up for even three quarters of a game, they'd be close to a hundred points, and they'd be winning comfortably against most teams in the league. So yeah, this this quarter was kind of the best case scenario, as I said before, for Alex Wilson as that. Hmm. It's not. She's not exactly a hole plugger because she's like so. She's so good at basketball. Uh, yeah, she she does it all, and she just she just she's so smart. She understands what the game, what her team needs of her. I do feel though when points do become an issue for Bendigo, which does happen from time to time. I think she just needs to be more selfish and just with her shot. I feel like uh, her movement patterns are so fluid, and she gets around defenders with ease. And she's always attacking the rim at a threatening angle. Like, she never gets rushed. She keeps her drivel. She's so in control of everything. And if she's one-on-one with the defender, she'll get to the rim. Like, she will get to the rim with a good look, uh, free throws potentially, or a kick out to a shooter. Um, and, you know, or she'll just uh, disrupt the, the D and get them all out of position. So I feel like, yeah, maybe like, getting into a bit of a weave at, up the top and making the D have to readjust or pause for a second and just let her find the issue like she sees the game so well so just give her the ball in a situation where they're a bit out of position and let her exploit it and yeah the the whole the whole team will, ben, will benefit from them from from that sorry it's also good to see Abby Weirung uh, hitting on more threes you you just seriously you can't go under her because as, so, as soon as you make the decision to go under she's going to put it up and that's a great possession for Bendigo if Abby Weirung is shooting an open 3 the D has to have done something wrong Bendigo has to have done something right or a combination of the two so <clears throat> yeah it's nice to see them uh, to see her hitting on them but yeah after this first quarter um back to the game against Melbourne the, the second quarter was eleven to eleven, and which kept yeah the spirit up forty-one to twenty-seven at the half. But even with that fourteen-point advantage, it kind of looked like Bendigo was were the ones trying to keep up, um, which you know again speaks to how good Melbourne's been at winning this season. And yeah, there's just this Melbourne are playing the meta game every single time that they play, but. <clears throat> Um, moving forward, I feel like, uh, the main things for, for Bendigo would be, I think Ruth Davis just needs to dominate her matchup more often. Like as soon as it isn't the preferred matchup, um, for the D just, just shoot over them. Like every, every, it, it always feels like the, the opposition is in a compromising situation when Davis has someone that isn't the other, the, the opposition big on her in the key just like turn to the ring and shoot. I'm, I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like you've done the work as Bendigo if, you, if you're if you able to get into that position. Uh, so just reward yourself. And also, I just feel like I haven't seen a miss in any of those opportunities. And yeah, when, when, when Bendigo is struggling to get points on the board, yeah, and I, I, I also think that Ellie uh, Wilson just needs to be, or look for her own shot when, when Bendigo is struggling to get points on the board. Because that's also, I feel like uh, that also feels like what what the their opponents are trying to avoid is Ali Wilson shooting, Ellie Wilson getting to the cup. So yeah, man, I feel like I feel like all eight teams are putting on a great show in the early season. Um, and I think next episode we'll talk more about the the top end of the the league, Southside, Melbourne, Townsville. Hopefully Sydney will be stringing together some good basketball at that point, but I really think that it's going to be a second half of the season job for Sydney. Um, and yeah, these teams that I feel like are you know the more up and coming teams, the younger teams, the more inconsistent teams, teams that just need to gain some familiarity and continuity, etc. All the things that I've I've highlighted in this in this uh in this episode, they 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 bring such a spark to each each game, and I don't know, there's just something you want to root for for all of those teams because when they are putting together their best basketball it's like damn this this league is amazing and this league is amazing regardless um but yeah you just every game has been competitive um and you just want to see these like these teams that are just doing such good things for basketball and and putting out such a good product you want to see them get wins um at least i do uh and it's just like yeah when 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 Adelaide beats Southside, I mean it's just so sweet when like when the underdogs win a game. So yeah, um, I guess I'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks time. Uh potentially, probably with Marco. Who knows, man? Who knows what the future looks like? Oh, just just focus on the present. Feel your two feet on the on the ground, be where your feet are, you know, stuff like that. Anywho, that is way too much out of my mouth. Um I'll yeah, but bye. See ya, bye.